Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV... This is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from the gloom tomb. The beat that you're listening to, that's called that... Uh, that's that hash browns. Yes, yes. That 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 shit right there, Miles. Let that rock under me. That shit right there is a fucking banger. That's that's what you call a smacker. See, when I heard that beat, that moody beat, that the 2015-2016 podcast co-host of the year sent me, I, I, I said to myself, if I could rhyme, I would I would get on that, and I would rock for three minutes. I can't. Yes. But when that's, I hear it, when, when, when I hear it, I'm kicking flows. Like, I'm not making sense, but I'm like, like, I'm, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's that shit. That's that funk. Yeah. That's that dirty mouth, like, smell like you shit your pants beat. Miles, let, let, let that rock. Let that rock underneath me for a little bit, because because that shit had me, had me hype. The beats that you've been, been sending, G, are bananas. They're, they're bangers, and they're funky. See, now, uh, a couple of people um, were a little bit offended by our review of my favorite MC's most recent album. 
Now, I could, I could say Jay-Z is my favorite MC. I could say he's the greatest of all time. And I could also say I, li- well, I probably won't listen to that album in its entirety all the way through. Um, he'll be doing his, uh, a new tour. I guarantee you he won't be doing many songs off that new record. Because they don't have the same je ne sais quoi as the majority of his past work and they're not funky so when you are selling out the garden selling out giant stadium and you're selling out stadiums and arenas all over the country people want to come and hear that shit no disrespect to Jay-Z love him respect the shit out of him couldn't say enough about him but the new album it's, it's, it's not funky it's not funky so when you hear a beat like that, Miles, uh, turn it up again. Yeah, there it is. There it is. See, they, let, let, let that rock. Let that rock for 15 seconds. See, see, yeah, you see. That, that, that's, that's that shit right there. That, that is that shit. And I'm not going to name names, but I sent it to a few uh, legitimate MCs. Maybe they'll spit on it, maybe they won't. I can't. But, like, that's the type of shit, if the late, great Sean Price was alive, I sent it to him. Yeah, he, he'd get on it. He'd get on it, and he'd get on it quick, because rhyming came easy to the great Sean Price. Yes. With an album dropping soon. August 4th, Imperious Rex. Video yep. dropping August 4th, too. Tremendous body of work, even posthumously, because yeah. the man loved... To rhyme Absolutely You can hear it A craftsman Shout out to Sean Price New record dropping August 4th um, And shout out to G Monetti For making that fire Yes, yes. I, I really you. appreciate it And you could hear All our beats You could hear All the shit talking This Saturday night In Dallas I, I'm gonna tell you Something right now It's going to be A shit Talking extravaganza in Dallas. It's at the Texas Theater. Okay, joining me and G Monetti, Kenyon Martin, Steven Jackson, Gary Payton, uh, former Dallas Maverick NBA champion, Deshaun Stevenson, Rashard Lewis, Brian Scalabrini, Jimmy Jackson, and more to confirm. Okay. That's a fucking show. Me, G. Moody, Kmart, Detrillis, Steven Jackson, Gary Payton, Rashard Lewis, Deshaun Stevenson, Brian Scalabrini, Jimmy Jackson, and more. So when I say and more, I'm not just, do I ever false advertise? I don't, I don't do it. I don't false advertise. So when I tell you and more, the big three is in town. The next day, I'm going to be uh, on the sidelines for the big three, as I always am. Because they, they're calling me the Howard Cosell, the big three. <clears throat> so I'm inviting the entire big three. I'm not naming names of who else is going to show up during this podcast. But just know that you might get your fucking mind blown. There's a few seats still available. I am RappaportTour.com. I am RappaportTour.com. Trust me, it's not a big venue. It's going to sell out soon, so get them now. Dallas, Texas, the Texas Theater, this coming Saturday, July 29th. The show starts at 8 p.m. 
Doors open at seven. You're going to get your fucking head blown off. Not literally, figuratively, at this show. It's going to be a fucking barn burning, shit-talking extravaganza. Me and G. Moody are staying afterwards to take pictures, meet and greet. We do it for free. We do it for the love of the game. That's right. So on this podcast today, um, we're also going to have the official, unofficial political correspondent, Eli Lake, um, breaking down the first six months of Donald Trump mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr. Jr.'s all fucked up in the game. Jr. Ju- ju- yeah. Jr.'s all fucked up. Yeah, he don't know what the fuck's going on. Jr. and his big fucking teeth. Yeah, he looks he, like shit. He looks like shit. You look like Ed Wood, Duke. You, 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 you look like Mr. Fucking Ed. Donald Trump Jr. needs to get that gum replacement surgery. His gums, his gum to tooth ratio is all fucked up. Like your yeah. gums shouldn't be longer than your teeth, Duke. Yeah, yeah. You understand? You need to get that gum replacement surgery, my man. Because when you smile, if I'm seeing the upper level of your gums, that's not, that's not dope. Yeah. Like, fix your fucking grill. Fix your front. Yeah. Fix your entire furniture. Yeah. You're on the world stage, man. Fix your shit. So we're going to talk to Eli. Um, but the thing that I wanted to get into now, Monetti, and we haven't really talked about this, is, is LeBron James. Now, last week, it was funny because I, I, I mentioned that the Conor McGregor tweet about him stealing black athlete style, essentially, I said that that was my biggest tweet ever. And listen, if you listen to the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast, you're going to get some insight and information about myself and G. Monetti that we're not going to share in the Twitterverse. I assume that anybody who listens to this show gets that even in my darkest ranting social media Instagram video, you, you, you have to understand that it's tongue-in-cheek, right? I'm assuming yeah. that because... People were so fucking upset, so bent out of shape, so personally offended by this rant. Here, uh, Miles, play just the audio of of my latest uh, 59-second onslaught. I really stuffed them good on this one. Um, For the people. Yeah, play that, Miles. Good for you, Kyrie. Good for you. You deserve to play in a city where you could get a decent bowl of sushi on a Tuesday night. I'm fucking proud of you. Good fucking move. And LeBron, you fucked up. You won the championship and you said, Cleveland, this is for you. But you should have been saying, Kyrie, this is for you. He fucking carried you last season, you fuck you. And now you got nothing, LeBron. You're going to be scratching your bald fucking head next season trying to figure out how you wound up with Ty Lue as a coach and Jose Calderon as your backup point guard. <laughs> you fuck. Boom, 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 boom. Hit the rolling stone with the rolling on. Fuck you. You got no point guard. You got no GM. You don't have a fucking shirt. And that's what the fuck you get for creating the friends and family watered-down AAUification of the NBA. Good. That rant has been seen by over 5 million people and mm. 98% of them all get it. They, they, they all agree, not agree, but they understand that I'm not 
totally serious. Now, I'm just saying that to the listeners of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. Obviously, my disgust and, and frustration with LeBron is well documented. I think he's fucked up the NBA. I don't, it, needless to say, I don't, that doesn't mean I don't respect the shit out of him as a player and a philanthropist. He does a lot of good. But I feel like I feel like he has done a lot of bad to the long-term situation in the NBA. I've gotten DM'd by men. I've gotten uh, tweeted at, fuck you, Rappaport. Uh, LeBron would kick your ass. Uh, oh, that was me. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, G. Um, so many DMs from guys. You know, when, 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 when someone slides up in the DMs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that takes an effort. And, and, and when, when a dude slides up in my DM to tell me that I'm a, uh, a hating culture vulture, old fuck, and this, mm. that, and the other, and saying all these, these really nasty, mean things, they, they, they crush my soul, gee. They get, they get personal. They man. get personal because they think that what I'm saying to LeBron James is personal, and it is, you fuck. <laughs> you little groupie fuck all up in my DMs. You, you you wear leotards and you're you're in my DMs and your name is Matt or Jeff or Doug or this that and the other thing. You think LeBron James gives a fuck about you? They're like they're like defending his honor and and a lot of these people are from Ohio. Right. Now I started this fucking dethronement party when I showed up with that fucking broom. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's piling on this fuck. And I say, good, you motherfucker, you. Kyrie, he's had enough. He's had enough. He said he wants to be traded. Apparently, Kyrie Irving said it in confidence. He said it quietly. He said it to the team. And then somehow or another, it got out. Apparently, allegedly, this was leaked by the LeBron James camp. And then all hell has ensued. So now everybody knows that Kyrie Irving has said publicly he wants to be traded. He said uh, he's had enough. Oh, that's, that's just me paraphrasing. <clears throat> and, then, and then it was reported by Stephen A. Smith that LeBron James said that if Kyrie Irving was in front of him, he would, quote-unquote, whoop his ass or, quote-unquote, kick his ass. And, and to this I say, oh, LeBron, oh, LeBron. Oh, LeBron, you've never stepped to anybody on the court your entire career. The only person I've ever seen LeBron talk shit to on the court is the measly 185-pound, three Steph Curry. When the goons step to you, you don't say anything. You did nothing. Now, I know you're a basketball player. You're not a tough guy. Neither am I. I'm not a tough guy, and I'm not a basketball player. And then LeBron... Went to Twitter again. He's like fucking Gwyneth Paltrow. And he said this is fake news. What Stephen uh, A. Smith is reporting is bullshit. And then the iconic great Stephen A. Smith went on a 16-minute rant. Basically saying what I said was told to me by people in the LeBron James camp. And he backed it up. He said, "I'm I'm not detracting what I said. LeBron James can say whatever he wants to say. I was told that by people in the LeBron James camp, which is really a fuckboy move. You have your people 
tell Stephen A. Smith that if Kyrie Irving, all six foot two, 192 pounds of Kyrie Irving was in front of you, you'd like to kick his ass. So you like to kick point guards' asses, huh? Is that what you like to do? You, you, you like to bully up on the little fellas, huh? Is that what you like to do? And they like to bully up on you. Shout out to Donald Day West. He was a great point guard. I have a, a, a brand new theory of, of why all this is happening, Gerald. And I really want to hear your opinion. It's, it's called the theory of Charles. <laughs> all these young players in the NBA, all of them, they've grown up watching the games. And they watch TNT. On TNT, the great Charles Barkley, shit-talking extraordinaire. Sometimes he's smart, sometimes he doesn't know fucking sounds like he's nuts. But Mm -hmm. he always talks shit. When it comes to basketball, when he's up there with Shaq or Chris Webber, Kenny, and whoever else, whenever they want to shut Charles Barkley up, they'll always say to him, you ain't got no rings. You don't have shit, Charles. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Let the champions do the talking. Let the guys with the jewelry do the talking. And even the great shit-talking Charles Barkley, like, it's always just like, to this day, almost 20 years since his retirement, nothing. You don't hear a peep from him. He has no response. And I want to say this. These fucking kids, all, all of them, they all don't want to be Charles Barkley. They all don't want to be the person who doesn't have the ring. They all don't mm-hmm. want to be the person who, you know, at the drop of a dime could be told to shut up because your career is essentially invaluable without a ring. Of course, a ring is important. <clears throat> but there's probably, aside from LeBron James, who is, as much as I can't stand him, I'll never take away how great he is <clears throat> and how impactful he is of a player. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody in the NBA, maybe Russell Westbrook, maybe, and LeBron, who will even have a career close to Charles Barkley. Or Gary Payton, ringless. Allen Iverson, ringless. Carl Malone. There's nobody even in Carl Malone's fucking stratosphere in the NBA right now. So just if you, because you don't don't have a ring, doesn't mean you should suck your way onto somebody else's team to win one. You can go down swinging and have great dignity, be Hall of Famer, and be an iconic, one-of-a-kind, fuck this Giannis, Greek freak, and Porzingis, the unicorns. Talk about a fucking unicorn. Charles Barkley is a fucking unicorn of a player. Mm -hmm. Of course he wanted a ring. Of course Gary Payton wanted a ring. You think that there's anybody in the NBA right now who who will mean as much when it's all said and done as Allen Iverson? Ringless. Carl Malone, ringless. The list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. That is the fucking theory of Charles. Stop fucking ring chasing. Jump in ship. I, I, I've covered Kevin Durant. I'm not going to go backwards. I, I've covered him on this podcast as thoroughly as anybody on any major network. Okay. I've had my ups and downs with him. I, I Everything goes back to LeBron James. He wanted out of Cleveland. Okay. Delonte West was skeeting. They weren't going to win a championship. The rest is history. 
Kevin Durant followed the LeBron James AAU skinny genification playbook, big three manual to winning a championship, and he did it to a T. And now they're going to run the fucking rack, barring injury. They're going to run the fucking rack like Larry Bird did in the NBA All-Star three-point shooting contest. They're going to run the fucking rack. No. Houston ain't winning with Chris Paul. Dribbles the fucking ball too much. Oklahoma City is going to run themselves into the ground. The great Russell Westbrook, love him. Love Paul George, love his hairline. Love him. Love his fucking hairline. Paul George has got one of the best fucking hairlines in all of sports history. All of public figure history. That fucking hairline is mean. That fucking hairline is, it's thick, it's straight, and it's low. Some might say it's too low. But when your shit goes way back, you'll be wishing you had a little miniature forehead like Paul George and you had a thick, strong, overgrown hairline. When when it's all said and done, you're fucking balding and shaving your fucking head. You're going to wish you could look like fucking Paul George. Mm -hmm. So I said, good, Kyrie. Be on your fucking merry way. I say, good. He's had enough. You should live in a city where you could get a nice fucking... New York strip steak any day of the week. You should live in a city where you should get some fucking ramen noodles three in the morning. No disrespect to the people of Cleveland. Hardworking city. Doesn't get more American than Cleveland. He's had enough. He's had enough. I want to say this before you jump in there, G, because I know you're going to say, oh, well, LeBron, he knows very well that LeBron makes the game easy. He knows very well Uh, about the greatness of LeBron. He knows very well he's had enough. Please take the floor before my larynx splits in half. Uh, What Kyrie is doing is what we call he's smelling his piss now. Now you want to leave because you think you could be the man on somebody else's team, and you want to be the big fish. But when you had the stage to be the big fish, you couldn't get to the fucking playoff. Then this guy comes. This is the top five player in the history of the game. Yes. So, of course, he's making the game much easier for everybody on the floor with him. This is a top five player. So it's easy. You win a championship. Before him, you didn't get to the fucking playoff. You get to the championship, you win, you play a big part, and now you're not a good teammate. Now it's like, oh, I got to break out. Listen, man, the grass ain't going to be greener because you're not going to play with uh, the caliber of LeBron James. And you probably won't be in the playoffs again. So why don't you just be a good fucking teammate and try to get back to the championship to win? Whoa, 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 whoa. All of a sudden, Mr. LeBron James is a good teammate. How soon we forget that he left the fucking heartbroken fans of Cleveland? How soon we forget that after his little run in Miami and D-Wade was a breaking down, he left Miami. This is all, this is all fucking LeBron James' fault. You fuck you. He did it all. He put this shit in everybody's head. It's his fucking fault. He's winning. But wherever he goes, mission accomplished. Wherever he goes, mission, he went back to Cleveland, won a championship for them motherfuckers, went to Miami, won for them. Wherever he goes, they win. 
let's see what this little shit does <sighs> when he goes. Well, maybe now, maybe he's had enough. Team is gonna, maybe not, he's, he's had not enough. Iverson. He's not Isaiah Thomas. He could be John Wall. He could be uh, Isaiah Thomas on the Celtics. He could be Steph Curry. He could be Tony Parker. Maybe well, he wants. He, maybe he doesn't want to be around it anymore. Maybe there's more to it than meets the eye. No, I think I think no, you're playing you. with a top five. You're playing with a top five player. You shut the fuck up uh-huh. and you do the job and you try to win multiple championships. And when that player retires or leaves, now then it's your time to take the mantle. But you, he want to break out just like your boy Kevin Durant. They want to break the fuck out. Yeah, Get out of you, town. You're, you're, you're skipping. You're skipping the whole, the whole important part that LeBron James started this. I've said enough. I'm not going to say any more about this fucking guy. Do you have any more to say about the fact that Kyrie Irving has decided to leave Cleveland? He wants to be traded. That doesn't mean he's going to be traded. But they have signed Derrick Rose. Yeah, we got D Rose. It's all good. And we. And now it's we. Now it's we. <laughs> Fucking sicko. It's still we, yeah. huh? It's it's we. If he goes to the Knicks, if he goes to the Knicks, it, it will single handedly be be a fix for right now. Him and Porzingis would be a great duo to start uh, to start a franchise around. Whether or not Jeff Hornacek, fucking Steve Mills, and the GM. Uh, will do the right thing. I don't know. But if he made it to New York, <laughs> the way he plays, he's a big shot maker. Come on, man. Don't front on Kyrie. The crowd okay. will be excited, and I will no longer be considering boycotting the first game at Madison Square Garden because low-key between you and me, G, I have the playbook in motion to do something fantastic. <clears throat> right. I'm planning on boycotting the first game at Madison Square Garden, if nothing is done, and simultaneously finally do our loaf walk. Okay? Yeah, we got to do that. So we'll do a, a loaf walk and a boycott if nothing changes the first night at the Garden going into the 2017-2018 season. I want to tell you about my this fucking watch I got, G. Okay? Oh. I got a watch. It's gorgeous. I've been wearing a white-faced silver trim Vincero Collective Watch. I'm getting complimented on this fucking thing daily. At Vincero, a luxury watch doesn't have to cost a fortune. Here's the secret. Most brands, they're marking up their watches six to 12 times before it gets to you. Guess who's eating the cost? You are, my friend. Vincero's years of manufacturing experience allows them to create innovative and luxurious timepieces and deliver them to you for a ridiculously fair price. I've been wearing my watch. People love it. The ladies love it. Mm. A watch like this can easily retail for more than 500 bucks. At Vincero, you can score one for a little more than 100 bucks. They have more than 3,000 five-star reviews, free shipping, and a 24-month warranty. Seriously, you got to check them out. You want to have a good time? You got to have a good watch with full-grain leather bands, with full-grain Italian leather bands and genuine Italian marble. You're not going to believe they start at just over 100 bucks. So whether you're heading to an important meeting, coming out to the big three, going on a date, going on a run, Vincero has the versatility you need to receive 15% off your very own watch. Go to Vincero Collective. 
Rappaport.com slash Rappaport. The promo code is butter. Build your legacy today at VinceroCollective.com. You want to have a good time? You got to have a good watch. Go to VinceroCollective.com. Wow. Shoot that sick fuck of the week music. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What sick fuck? The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 Yes, this is the sick fuck of the week segment. The award-winning sick fuck of the week segment. This is the reward that is earned, not given. Earned, not given. I appreciate all of the uh, potential sick fucks that we're getting on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I even got a few on there. And Facebook. Uh, G. Monetti, yes, yes. Take, take, yes. take the lead on this. Uh, I call this Let It Burn. Yes. After shelling out $1 million to settle with a woman who claimed he infected her with herpes. Shit. Usher is now slapped with a $20 million lawsuit by another shorty who says he gave her her the herpes virus and she found out this past Saturday. So the sick fuck of the week is Usher for not disclosing he has herpes and still hitting chicks raw. And the lawyer for the new shorty is none other than Crooked Lisa. Crooked Lisa Bloom. Lisa Bloom. You fuck you. She's also going after Draymond Green, and she, whenever she takes on a case, she tweets about it. That's that's she who tries, you have representing you. She tries her cases on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, very valid, sick fuck. Apparently, they are saying that uh, Usher's iconic hit song, You Got It Bad, uh, was inspired uh, by first contracting herpes. I hope it's not true. I don't right. like to make fun of these things. I still might be taking to uh, uh, the legal uh, route on suing those fucks down in Miami who tried to accuse me of having herpes. I don't. I never burned. Right. I never. Had, I had gonorrhea once in 1986. I found out during the basketball practice at Martin Luther King High School. <laughs> I was uh, on, a, on a layup line and I felt like I pissed my pants. <laughs> I was burning, son. Word. I don't have herpes. That fuck boy over there at Lebertard tried to say that. This person is trying <laughs> to sue Usher for forty million. I figure I could sue for maybe twenty million for accusing me, non-factually, not true that I have herpes. Yeah. I don't. I never did. That little sore that I had. I don't have to explain it to my people. My people. Word. Our people at the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Just know That's right. that the defamation suit is not dead. You fuck you. Because <laughs> if I come into that money because of those fucks tried to slander my good name, G. Monetti. I see, man. Yeah. Try to slander the good name of the gringo man, Dingo. You fuck you. 
Word. Don't ever try to front on us, man. Do you try to front on me? No. No. I fuck you in the ass. Yeah, and when you walk away, unscathed, but a new man, you'll know that I don't have herpes. You fuck you. Yeah. You, 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 a lot of things you'll take away from that Wonder Bread bag treatment. But one thing you're not going to be taking away is herpes. You fuck you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I might catch a raw dog without a bag. Yes, you might limp. But you won't be dripping when I'm finished with you. You fuck you. <laughs> um, you know, we talk a lot about, about, you know, police and what they've done wrong. And, and, and we, you know, I think it's important to really think about some of the things that the police officers deal with on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, there's no room, there's no excuse for killing unarmed civilians. It happens. It's real. But that's not what this is about. Imagine if you're a police officer. You know, a police officer, they're not Superman. This is not the movies. They're just guys trying to help. It's not like you're, it's a money-making thing. In California, San Francisco, the police officers tried to serve an arrest warrant on a guy. Bizarre, potentially hazardous situation. They arrested this guy, locked him up in the back of the car. Put him in the back of the patrol car. The, 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 the guy was, uh, you know, they had a arrest warrant out for him. While he was in the back of the patrol car, this is in San Francisco, <clears throat> Richmond, California. The, uh, the, the, the suspect somehow or another got his cuffs off, undressed, tossed his clothes onto the freeway, and started shitting in the back seat started eating his own shit no and then spit it at the officers now just imagine i'm sure everybody listening has friends that are in law enforcement cousins uncles family members friends imagine that's your day at work like imagine that is what you go to work and have happen to you like we all complain about a bad day at work imagine <laughs> you go to work you're risking your life to get a guy who already has an arrest warrant you arrest this cocksucker. You get him in the back of the car. Somehow he gets out of his cuffs, which is scary in itself. Mm-hmm. And then instead of jumping out of the car like a normal person who's trying to flee, he throws his clothes out, starts shitting, starts eating his shit, oh. and then starts spitting it at you. I, I don't understand like what, what kind of sicko. That's a real sick fuck. Yeah, yeah that guy needs to be in a cage. Now, we talked about other cases like this. There is a, uh, a, 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 a Muay Thai boxer in Thailand. Right. You spent a lot of uh, time in Thailand, G. Yeah, Bangkok, great city, man. Good food, good people. Yeah, anything goes over there. Yeah. It's like uh, 42. Yeah, it's fucking nuts out there. <clears throat> but there is a transsexual uh, Muay Thai boxer who used to, be, you used to be a guy. Now it's a girl. They call them girly boys. They, 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 that's not an insult over there. They're they're happy to be called girly boys. Or what do they call mm-hmm. them? Bo- bo- what do they call them? Lady boys. A toy. Lady boys. Sorry, we don't fact check anything. And she is is fighting women. And I say lock her up. Her name is Nang yeah. Rose Ban. She fights women, beats the shit out of them all the time while wearing lipstick. 
<laughs> That's it, man. That's how they're going to get their belts now. They, you know, they're going to be men in the women's division kicking ass. And, yo, I'm 100 and old. I never lost. No. You're a God, you're a God fighting woman. Of course. Don't let her fight anymore. She's going to just kill somebody. Yeah. The final sick fuck of the week is a guy named Mike Lado, L-A-D-O. This happened in Florida. This guy stabbed his girlfriend's dog because the dog was siding with his girlfriend, a boxer Labrador mix. This is probably a beautiful dog. Probably a, a rescue. Obviously a mutt. The best dogs. The dog's name was Blue. Cute dog. The dog was siding with the girlfriend during their arguments. So this cocksucker, this sick fuck, stabbed the dog to death. Mm. You animal, you. Damn. But think about the rationale. Think about the rationale that, oh, the dog is siding with her, so I'm going to kill the dog. As if the dog right. is like, like some person in the middle of this lover's quarrel. Now, I don't know what kind of charges you could be put on for that, but Michael Ledeau of Florida, you are a real true blue sick fuck. Man, white girl syndrome rears its ugly head. Yes, what happened? New York Times writer Greg Howard writes in ridiculous essay called was that racist? Huh. Where where he he complained in this essay that white women don't make space for him when walking down the street. Uh, somebody get this guy a white girl before he kills himself. No, what it, what is this fucking lunatic saying? He says he's complaining that white women don't make space for him when walking down the street. He's mad that they don't they don't acknowledge him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, somebody get this guy a white girl, everything will be fine. All yeah, right, get, get him a white girl. They, you wrote an article about that? You want them to feel sorry for you? They yeah. don't give a fuck. Maybe your breath yeah. smells. Maybe it has nothing to do with that you're a black man and they're a white girl. Maybe, can we get a picture of him? Does he look like a fucking dog? Does he look like yeah, shit? Yeah, he looks like, yeah, he looks like shit. Yeah, you look like fucking shit. Yeah, that's why. Um, Last week, we talked about Beyonce's wax figure. Yeah. Uh, they gave her a little tan, the wax figure, and and, and now everything I think is hunky dory. The hair is still the, the same. The, the blonde weave is still the same, but the wax figure got a little makeover. They put it in a tanning booth, and 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 the wax figure is up at Madame Tussauds, um, uh, you know, wax museum. Oh, they they caved in. Yeah, they caved. I, 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 I personally think that the, the the first figure was fantastic, and I don't have anything see anything wrong with it. Listen, yeah. Saturday, July 29th, the show starts at 8 p.m. The Texas Theater, the same place where they nabbed Lee Harvey Oswald, me, G. Moody, Kenyon Martin, Stephen Jackson, Gary Payton, Rashard Lewis, Deshaun Stevenson, Brian Scalabrini, Jimmy Jackson, and more. And fucking more. There's going to be a whole lot of shit talking. I am Rappaporttour.com. There are a few tickets left. I am Rappaporttour.com. Everybody knows I'm about that fantasy football life. If you are too, you can join me, G Monetti, August 20th, 
at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, we're creating the world's first and biggest live duress mock draft championship course. Hashtag duress mock draft. This is the official kickoff to the fantasy football season. As my gift to you, there'll be a full day of fantasy fun and a live podcast with me, Gmo Netty, Matthew fucking Berry, Trey Wingo, Jim Brewer, and the fucking Gronk, Rob Gronkowski. All of us live at Gillette Stadium. For tickets, go to dancewiththedingo.com. That's dancewiththedingo.com. Use my promo code DINGO and get $15 off. Restrictions may apply. Promo ends August 19th. 2017 see website for further details all right i'm on the phone with eli lake the official unofficial political correspondent of the i am Rappaport stereo podcast eli the people have uh been asking where's eli what's up with eli here he is um if you never listened to the i am Rappaport stereo podcast before with an eli lake segment again he is the official unofficial political correspondent of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. He works at Bloomberg News. He was infamously tweeted. um, He was name-checked in a tweet by Donald Trump, and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. Eli, my question is this. It's been uh, six months and about a week since Donald Trump has taken office. I want you to give a completely objective non-snowflake diagnosis of what's gone on in the first six months based on your opinion. Be as objective, be as hard-nosed as you possibly can. Um, I am not a fucking snowflake. I, 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 am, uh, I do have two snowballs. If anybody wants to check to see if I got any snowballs, uh, I got them hanging low. So the, the, the question is, Eli, the first six months, what the fuck has happened, the good, the bad, the totally objective. G- give me your first six-month diagnosis. The president is dangerously incompetent. Politically speaking, I've never seen a president this week before in terms of just having what could be lethal political threats to his presidency, namely a special counsel at the Justice Department. He's openly feuding with his attorney general, who was the senator, the only senator who took him seriously in 2015. No one else would really fuck with him, except for Jeff Sessions, who was the first who made it legitimate to get behind Trump. You could barely think of a more important political ally to the president than the attorney general. And he's openly like acting like, man, I, I feel like it was a huge mistake putting him in charge of the Justice Department which is kind of the latest crazy, but that's become, we're all becoming ignored to it. But he's, but the good news is, is that if you thought Trump was a fascist, uh, he's making it very easy to all of his opposition. I mean, he's, he's been completely inefficient. And the only thing he's done is he's put a conservative guy on the Supreme court, Neil Gorsuch. But other than that, zero W like very little, like he named an aircraft carrier. And, you know, he did a couple airstrikes in Syria. But, I mean, that's, those are the, the, the plus marks on an otherwise, like, sort of disastrous six months. Now, what would you say to the people that'll say, oh, well, the stock market is up? Because I was going to get my fucking stockbroker to come on here and explain that 
that that that is not uh, attributed to Donald Trump. You you know you know well, the, the the stock market being up is not attributed to just Donald Donald Trump right now. Well, there is I think one element of it, but it's it's not it's not necessarily a good thing. So first of all, the stock market's great, but that's there's many ways to judge the health of the country. Right. You could look at the unemployment rate. You could look at you know some environmental thing. You could look at the state of like, you know, race relations or there's any number of things, but I digress. But there is an element of it where people who are in big businesses look at two things that the Trump administration has promised they will do and they will do politically because there's a Republican Congress. And that's deregulation, meaning there'll be fewer checks on big industries, whether it's how they treat their workers, environmental issues, but also taxes. So people will be paying less. Hope, you know, in some way, and it gets very complicated, but that's the expectation. But there is another, I mean, but you're right, as a general rule, the market is going to do what the market does, and I'm not an economist, but that is one element to it. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Right. And if he keeps acting crazy, people, that will also be reflected in the stock market. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That, it's like a, it's a fluid issue. Now, what about the people the staunch Republicans, the, tr- the staunch Trump report, uh, supporters, like try to dig as deep as you possibly can. What are we missing that Trump is doing well? Is there anything that you're, you're being biased on, that I'm being biased on, that, that anti-Trump people are not giving him credit that he truly deserves? Well, from my perspective, there are things in foreign policy because he's not continuing things that Obama was doing that I disagreed with that are better than Obama, but he hasn't, I mean, he has continued to verify the Iran nuclear agreement, the compliance of the Iranians. Which means what? Which means what? Well, the big thing that Obama did in his time as president, in terms of foreign policy, in terms of domestic, it was Obamacare. He was a great president. I think at moments like Trayvon and Charleston shooting in terms of race and trying to bring us together as a people. And then, on foreign policy, is something called the Iran nuclear deal, which is a complicated issue. But in short, it says for the next, at the time, 10 to 15 years, the Iranians are going to curtail their program and not stockpile a lot of low enriched uranium. And in exchange, a lot of sanctions would be lifted. A lot of money was released that they had. And it was a complicated, complicated deal that Republicans and also a lot of hawkish Democrats didn't like because it was time limited and it didn't do anything about Iranian support for terrorism. So, from the perspective of, like, Trump ran on the idea that this is the worst deal and we're going to get out of this deal, and a lot of Republicans wanted him to do that, and we're still in that deal. On the other hand, something like the Paris Accords, which is a big global climate sort of voluntary agreement that Obama signed, so there was no way that anyone could enforce it anyway, but he just said, we're not doing that. But it's less of a big deal because of, on environmental issues, we're at the point now where solar panels are much cheaper and there's lots more green energy that's much cheaper. And so, you know, it makes sense to invest in green energy, even if the government isn't telling you to do it. Anyway, I don't mean to digress. But even on these things, like, he had the power to do this stuff, but he stayed in the Iran agreement. He hasn't really renegotiated NAFTA like he promised. So there's a lot of big stuff that he said he would do that he hasn't done yet. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard to come up with stuff, but it's mainly like he's just shooting himself in the foot. You, you feel me, Rap? Like, yeah, it's just no, a lot of things you. that he's doing that are making it harder on himself, and that's why we have the chaos. Now, what about this big tooth fuck um, who's got more gum than teeth 
Donald Trump Jr. Um, I, I'm trying to get. Oh, uh, you're I'm, tra- I'm trying Donald to, Trump Jr. Yes. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a a, a gum to tooth measurement from this guy. Uh, I, so far on the internet, I can't find a proper gum to tooth ratio measurement on Jr. What about his situation? This is what I think is going on. Donald Trump Jr. is an amateur, much like his father, Donald Trump Sr. Right. They really are not political pros. So when the Azerbaijani-connected rock promoter, Rob Goldstone, who's one of the most bizarre people in this, writes an email that says, yo, I was talking to your boys, and they told me about how Russ was going to help your dad win the election. <laughs> he did not know to, like, like call the lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, that also proves that Don Jr. is lying his ass off, not even a month later on CNN, where he's like, I don't know what the hell this Russia stuff is, because he obviously got that email. Um, I'm not, like, trying to make an excuse about it, but I still am having a hard time believing that Trump and, like, the people who are at the top of the inner circle, who really don't have any experience in any of this in Washington right now, are making mistakes left and right, are, like savvy enough to like on the down low deal with the Russians. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're benefited by the Russians. And I think there's probably some unsavory financial ties. I don't necessarily even know where that's going to go, but don't like lose the plot. The issue is this wouldn't even have been an issue at all. If he didn't fire Comey the way he did, just to go back to like one example. And now he's saying he wish he didn't have the attorney general. We've never seen anything like this. The president is basically saying, I don't know if I'm going to fire my attorney general. I'm just going to let him twist in the wind like with the reality show. Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I, can't, I, we, I know we're six months in. I don't want to get too crazy. I don't think there's going to be impeachment. But this kind of thing is not sustainable. In, in your opinion, I know you, you, you can't uh, predict the future. Yeah. Jared Kushner, this fucking guy who looks like he's got a ping pong ball stuffed up his ass. Trump Jr., Trump himself, are one of these fucking guys going to get thrown in the hooskow? Are we going to see one of these fucking guys get kicked out, thrown around? And then my follow-up question is, that uh, bloated fuck, uh, what's his name? Steve Bannon. What's his story? So the question is, is, number one, Jared Kushner and his ping pong ball, Trump Jr. or Trump, are they ever going to get locked the fuck up? And Steve Bannon, uh, have you ever seen him walking around Washington and does he look as bad in real life as he does in photos? And it's a two-part question. All right, answer the second part first. Um, I think I met Bannon a few years ago and, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't want to get into, like, name-calling on someone's appearance or anything like that. But on the larger point of who, if someone going to jail... I think it's important for everyone to take a step back because he's the president is still the president. Right. And if there was a deal for him to leave power, I'm sure it would involve some sort of thing where people didn't go to jail. And we don't even know what the it is because it's still a long way away from like really proving hardcore criminality. What you've proven now is that there are liars and that in idiots, if that makes sense, that was like, that's really what the Don Jr thing is all about. Right. It's like, you got this stuff. And it seems, I mean, according to everybody in the meeting, they didn't actually deliver the goods on Hillary, 
But just so that it even got that far, and we need to find out, like, well, what did Rob Goldstone mean when he said that there was this Russian effort to elect the president, right? Right. Because that's what the, that's what the U.S. intelligence community said uh, seven months ago in their, like, you know, report to the public, that, that this is what was going on. So we need to, like, that's another important part of that um, and how it involved Trump. I just, that's, I keep coming back to this. If he was really in a, an alliance or some, if he was working or coordinating with the Russians and Trump would have known this, don't you think he would have sounded like John McCain on Russia? Why wouldn't, if you were really in cahoots with the Russians, you would sound like you were a hawk on Russia. Right. Because, you know, everybody runs for president. They're always much more militaristic than when they end up being the president. So that's the one part of it. And I just can't see Trump having it together, being savvy enough, being let's discreet enough to pull that off. Right. Well, I mean, that's one side of it or or that it's somebody, in my opinion, he thought he could get away with it. And, you know, the way he, you know, hems and haws and laughs it up with Putin. And, it, you know, to me, it's like there's so many accusations. There's so much smoke. Something has to be up. This can't just all be fake news and CNN and fucking, you know. No, it's not fake news. It's not fake news at all. But it's also like that's the one, uh, the, the side of it is that, you, you know what I'm saying? If he's really, if it's really as bad, if it's the worst case scenario, what I think um, we may find out is the people around Trump, like Roger Stone perhaps, and I don't like speculating about this, they may be in a serious amount of legal trouble if they were the connect between like WikiLeaks, the Russians, and right. the Trump campaign. Right. But like, like Trump, like he's, it seems like Trump says whatever is in his head at any given moment. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And so if you're that kind of person, which is rare, you would be a terrible spy I or got asset you. for an intelligence service. Hey, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, but I agree, like, it's, but it's not fake news. And when he says that it's fake news as a member of the mainstream media, it's like, enough already, dude. I don't think, I don't feel like he's inciting violence against me as a journalist. I've had, you know, over the years, I've been in rough places at times, and I know what it's like to get pushed around a little bit. And that what happened to a friend of mine who was that Guardian reporter with this Republican candidate in Montana is disgraceful. Right. But I don't put that necessarily on Trump. I think Trump's just, you know, he likes to have this theatrical reality TV show thing, and one of the foils is the media. But that, that's the fake news. Like, when him, like, his drama, the real news is, like, there's an investigation with the former head of the FBI that you can't do anything about, Trump. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to happen. And that, that investigation is still going, correct? Yeah, and it's like, if he tries to fire Mueller, who's the head of the special counsel doing this investigation that would probably tip it into impeachment territory. Right. I mean, because that's just like, and you already, people are already starting to sort of, and this stuff with Sessions, like Sessions has friends in the Republican Party in the Senate. Like, it, this is, he's, he's, he is isolating himself politically in a way that I think is not sustainable. And that's why I dare say it. I don't know. If he keeps going at this rate, will he finish the four years? I don't know. There's no fucking way. They're, they're just, You're like, it, there's no way. You're just like, get some distance, man. I'm telling you, it's not happening. We all see it out here. <laughs> it, it just it just seems too intense. Now, uh, I want to ask you about what's going on in Jerusalem. But before we get to Jer- Jerusalem, 
you went to Aspen for the security forum. First of all, what was it like being in Aspen? And do you have anything to report? Uh, breaking news, anything uh, uh, <laughs> specific that you could report, breaking news to the Iron Rap Report Stereo Podcast. G- 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 what was the landscape of Aspen? And is it is it Aspen uh, weed in Colorado? Is legal out there? That's correct. That's correct. Let me just tell you something. Aspen, Colorado is one of the nicest places, I think, in the world. It's like the most white .001% crowd you've ever seen. You know what? You've been there before, right? Oh, yeah. They got a different kind of white folk out there. I mean, it's, but it's like, this is like the super duper rich come to Aspen. Yeah. Like, and you can tell because there's like, you know, like the stores are nice, the restaurants, everything is super excellent, including these weed stores because it's legal now. So they sell weed in Aspen, Colorado, like it's Banana Republic. So how easy is it to get weed if you're from out of state? Is it, is it fair game for it's anybody? Not a, it's not an issue at all. And I wanted to like go back in time and tell people in the early 90s, like, you have no idea how easy it's going to be to get weed on vacation in 2017. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, and I don't think younger people can appreciate it. No. Because marijuana is going to be completely legal, like, I think, you know, what, in the next five years across the country, Right. So was it like going into the gap and needing a, a pair of uh, socks on the run? No, it's like this dude's like, oh, hey, welcome to the store. What kind of like, what, what, what kind of high do you want to be? That's, it was like that kind of thing. It's like, this is crazy. Because I, I mean, like, I'm in my 40s, you know, I mean, we're like around the same age. If you wanted to, I, I'm going to, this is for younger, like, if you were like living on the East Coast and you wanted to get some weed, you were, like, lucky if it was dried out, like, seeds and right. stems, and you had to wait on a dude for, like, two and a half hours, and he might get around to get into you. He had to be in North Philly, and then, like, he's coming back around and just, like, hang tight. It was, a, it was like you had to basically give up your evening to just maybe get some terrible weed. Maybe and get now, it. And now in 2017, right, it's like you're buying a pair of, you know, like a cashmere hoodie. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what it's like. So, so what, what, what was the security forum like in Aspen? Did anything interesting happen there? Um, what was the takeaway from that? Okay. So this is another thing there is, I mean, so when you read on the internet, there's a deep state. That's not true. A deep state is like how the military really runs, like calls the shots in Egypt. And there was like a coup in 2012. Right. Um, America has something called a national security state. And because we have, you know, depending on the year, but at the height of the war on terror, an $80 billion a year, just like intelligence. And that includes everything from satellites to human spies to sensors to cyber shit at the NSA. So $80 billion a year, an industry to, you know, basically eavesdrop, monitor, and learn about, you know, what other governments and entities are doing. And this is a, you know, and the security forum is a big kind of part of that and how it interacts with the media, people like me. And so every year they do this thing in Aspen. And I would say that this is in this year, I've never heard as much contempt openly for President Trump. And Mm. you can tell that he's that this sort of, you know, bureaucracy, call it the national security bureaucracy and the attendant kind of consultants and, industries around it 
they are, for the most part, like pretty terrified of Trump. And the, the government, the, the, the Trump administration officials who did come, there was, a, there was almost like a sense of, of a little bit of conflict in the air when they were addressing the, the, the crowd. So it was, it was very interesting, that guy. Now, now, let me ask you this question. This is very specific. Yeah. If they had an arm wrestling match, do you think Bernie Sanders could beat Trump? Just, just, just off the cuff, just your personal opinion. No. You think that no. Trump no. would take down Bernie Sanders in an arm wrestling match? Just a simple question, yes or no? Yeah, that, that's not a question. I, yes. I, I think that Bernie would fucking take him down. Really? I think he's got some old school dinosaur juice strength that's pent up, uh, and I think he could do it. That's just my own opinion. But aside from that, in a more serious note, Jerusalem. What is going on in Jerusalem? Uh, you referred to it earlier as a powder keg. Your your specialty is, 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 is foreign affairs. Please explain to me where we are with Jerusalem. All right, so, so you know... The I.M. Rappaport audience knows, you and we're, we're, we're Ashkenazis, we're Jews. So I'm coming at this from a pro-Israel perspective. As you should. But that said, enough is enough, Palestinians. Enough is enough. This thing starts because these three, like, Arabs from inside of Israel decide to, like, shoot up the Temple Mount, and they're doing it from the compound of Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is this holy mosque at this site of this place where the Muslims believe that Muhammad ascended to heaven in a dream. So this place, which the Palestinians have been really sensitive about, especially since the 1967 war when Israel won the West Bank and the rest of Jerusalem, that it would be defiled by these gunmen who were committing an act of terror. And they killed, by the way, two Israeli police officers who were Israeli Druze. They weren't even Jewish Israelis. Um, so this is a horrible incident. And so what does Netanyahu do? And I'm not going to defend everything Netanyahu ever did, but I'm just talking about this one incident. He's like, we need cameras and metal detectors, and we need to investigate this incident that just happened because we're responsible for the safety of this site. And like, if, and the Palestinians, they were like, call for a day of rage. There's been all these, um, you know, terrorist attacks, but also like demonstrations where they're, you know, Palestinians have been killed, you know, from overreaction from Israelis. So you're already seeing that cycle. And it's all about the Alaska mosque, which makes it like all the Muslims are going to start caring. And so we have to make sure that the situation de-escalates, but it's like started by the Palestinian side because the Israelis, they do not fuck with that al-Aqsa Right. They arrest people who try to, like, Jews who are crazy on the other side when that's happened, who plot it to, like, you know, burn it or do something terrorist. They're very, very strict on that. And they let people, they don't even administer it. It's done by this thing called the Jordanian Walk, which was from the old regime, because they know how sensitive it is. And so for them to want to put metal detectors there, there's metal detectors at the mosque at Mecca, which is the most important mosque for the Muslims. You know what I'm saying? And to make that the issue that, like, they're going to go in an intifada mode after you put up metal detectors, because there was a shooting. So the Israelis back down on the metal detectors, and we'll see what happens. So hopefully we won't go over the edge, because it's very... But I'm saying that this is the thing. It's like, at a certain point, enough is enough. If you really cared a lot about this, like, if, I'm not talking about Abbas, I'm talking about Hamas, 
which are the more terrorist Palestinians who run Gaza, yep. they praise the attackers as martyrs. So I'm like, if you guys care about Al-Aqsa Mosque, you can't praise gunmen who shoot people up in the, like, from the mosque. Right. And there were guns they were hiding in the mosque. Jesus which is, Christ. And that's the point. It's like the third holiest site in Islam. So there you go. That's my rant. Eli, it's always good. It's always insightful. Got to keep the brain sharp. Got to know what's going on. Try to be as objective as possible. Uh, it's the official. Now, I get confused. Are you the official, unofficial political correspondent? Yeah, or the, the official, un- unofficial. It's not unofficial, official, because then you'd be like sort of unofficial off the top. So it's the official, unofficial political correspondent yeah. of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Eli Lake, thanks for the call in. The Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, banger rap. I'm done. Yo, let me get that, uh, Miles, take us out with that Frankie Philadelphia. Do-do-do-do. But a good